Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most artistic, athletic, tenacious, basically unique and interesting people in the world. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Welcome to season three. As we continue to seek out some of the most unforgettable humans, some of the most memorable stories, in the first two seasons, the show featured guests from over 60 different countries and will continue down that path because it is imperative that we cherish the differences. And we can only do that by getting out and journeying into unknown frontiers, whether it be physically or simply through conversation, sharing lovely experiences and saluting the tenacious and resilient guests. Fantastic, fantastic episode for you today as we feature another amazing guest, MC and the best hype man in the NBA. Brandon Johnson joins the show. We've had a lot of members of professional sports entertainment on the show, from cheerleaders to announcers, DJs, and more. And we have our second MC. This time, Brandon Johnson, who serves as the host, MC, and hype man of the Memphis Grizzlies in the NBA. On a recent trip to Memphis, I was blown away by the presentation and the entertainment that the Grizzlies had to offer. They had an in house band, something I'd never seen before. DJs, constant energy, relentless excitement, and Brandon being the host and MC was a major part of that. He galvanized the crowd. They fed off him. And I don't know if there's anybody better at their job than Brandon is as a hype man for the Grizzlies. It's been a fantastic year for the team on the court as my guy John Moran has just been tearing it up. Brandon has been terrific as well. And today he sat down to chat about his career. On today's conversation, Brandon reflects on his beginnings in the industry and how he almost missed his initial job interview for the Grizzlies. Brandon also talks about how he evolved over the years and became more comfortable on the microphone. We chat about some of his favorite memories, and he also gives us some advice for the best spots in Memphis. I felt like I've known him for years. Just an honor to have him on the show. So let's clang and bang with my man, Brandon Johnson, the NBA's best hype man. And let's learn. Oh, man. What's happening? Are you at the arena? Yeah, I'm at the arena. Oh, goodness me. That's, that's a flex if I've ever seen one right there. Ah, that's the full-time job, baby. <laughs> that's the full-time job. When it comes to just being an, an arena MC, there's a lot of different routes to get there. So what's your journey? How did you end up as the Memphis hype man, the best hype man in the NBA? Man, who would have thought a, a kid that was flipping burgers at a restaurant pushing carts at your uh, normal grocery store, throwing boxes at FedEx and things of that nature would be on a platform. I never thought I would be there. Um, but I started with the Grizzlies um, in 2005. I was in college and one of the, uh, the VPs here were, came to one of the classes and said, hey, we're hiring as part-time and street team, you know, just giving us the, um, the cues on what's going on within the organization and people too much to know too much about the Grizzlies because they just got here yeah. years back and recently had just moved into the FedEx forum. And so I was like, I'll give it a shot. Mm -hmm. And so I went and applied and everything like that. And I almost missed my interview. That's the crazy part. So I was typing a paper and I was like, I got to check my emails. Mm -hmm. And so I went and checked my emails. I said, Memphis Grizzlies. I was like, what is this? And I looked, it was 1.30, and they said be at the FedEx Forum by 3 o'clock. Okay. And so, mind you, I still stayed at the house with my parents, so I just had to 
drive back home, change clothes, had the interview, and been on since then. But I started off as street team. Basically, street team is like the promotions. Um, we go to different events, set up and promote, pass out swag and things of that nature. And then I got moved up into in-game arena type stuff, throwing out the T-shirts, hyping up the crowd. And I kind of learned the ropes from there because I was really quiet. And people don't believe me when I say that. Really? I was okay. just really quiet and kept to myself. But that, but this atmosphere kind of let me, made me let my hair down, made me another character, made other things, other personalities come out of me. And as I grew in that role and whatnot, other opportunities within the organization came along. And then when the other MC left and um, some more people took over, then it was like, let's bring a team of you guys, what you see now together. And so, and we all have our different roles and personalities and whatnot. And so mine, I took ownership of being a hype man because when I was throwing the t-shirts, like I was always in party mode, always dancing, always interacting with the kids, the families, and just making the entertainment more fun. And so, and I just took that to that next level once I once they put a mic in my hand. There was some there was some little hiccups, but <laughs> but once I understood like my role and where I stood with the organization and with the fan base. And I wouldn't even say the character I portray, the personality I portray, I took that to heart and I ran with it. Man, what a story. And that was going to lead to my second question is, have you always felt comfortable behind a microphone? Because when I saw you, you had it, man. You had the it factor. You had just it. You were incredibly calm. You were live at the same time. And I thought you'd been doing it forever. <laughs> so since, since we know that's not the case, how was the progression? When did you start feeling more comfortable? And when did maybe the, like a, that light bulb moment go off in your head? You're like, you know what? I got this. I'm pretty good. At first, when we do have scripts and all that stuff, and I was trying to read off the script line for line for line yeah. for line. And I was like, it was a little bit of flow to it, but it wasn't me because I was focusing on the major small it was major small word that would make me hiccup on my hits. Okay. And so, and then I understood like, okay, B, you can't go for word for word for word. Yeah. And so I started creating bullet points for myself. Okay. And then after that, I started just looking at the bullet points, going off the bullet points, then add a little from there. And then now, since I'm, um, I, I'm a part of create, the creative part of it and things of that nature and those meetings and things like that, when it's time to do it, it's like we've talked about this all week. We talked about it this morning. We talked about it at three o'clock meeting. We talked about it when all the other MCs arrive, and let's just do it. And so now I just look at it, glance at it, cool, let's roll with it. And most of it, I, I said like eighty percent of it, I ad lib. But when it's sponsorship stuff, I make sure and respect what they need and give and give their their due respect on their major words, major titles things that they want to push and things of that nature. But at the end of it, I put my personality behind it and put my feelings behind it. And when it clicked, I think it clicked when I said some ad lib words. I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna get in trouble for it. Yeah, yeah. And they said, we like that. And okay. fans start saying that and fans start looking for that more. And I was like, Whoa. I was like, people really like, like what I'm doing. Yeah. And it was, it wasn't shocking, it wasn't scary, but it was a little overwhelming because I really just never had that, that fact of, man, we like what you do. 
yeah. we're, we're like we're enjoying it. And so once that hit and I understood it, I was like, I, I think I got it now. Fantastic. And I, I love the different promos you guys had. And again, you mentioned being part of the creative team and there were so many different things going on. How do you stay creative? Because one thing I loved about Memphis was I haven't seen an in-house band. Where do you come up with the ideas and how do you stay creative in a world that especially is, is A, competitive, but B, if you do something great, they're going to steal your idea tomorrow. But we stay with the culture of Memphis. <laughs> and so, and that's what it is. And Memphis is built around music and the talent that we have in, mu in Memphis that has to do with music is crazy. And so when we have our house bands and whatnot, it's local talent that's around the city. And so we present that to, to our locals and also fans that, that are new to the city. And so, and I think that's the creative part that is, it is a competitive type deal dealing with the NBA and whatnot, but when it's homegrown and it's organic, then you can't steal that. Yeah. You can't take that, or, that organic organism right there and say, we're, we're taking that, nah, this ours. We created this, these are our local bands, these are our local artists, these are people that, that have been groomed here and want to be and want to perform at the FedEx Forum. Yeah. And you could be a great public speaker, but if you're lacking the energy, you're just not going to be a fit in an NBA arena. So for you, how do you always stay with that energy, especially on days where you didn't get enough sleep, might be down, you missed lunch, you've just been stressed out? How do you always stay alive? When I was throwing T-shirts and things of that nature and whatnot, it hit me like the fans don't care what I'm going through, like they come here to get entertained, to watch a game, to make sure we win. They don't care if my tire's on flat. They don't care if my girlfriend broke up with me. <laughs> like they don't, it, it's not that they're being selfish or being mean. It's just the point of the purpose of coming to a sporting event is to get away from the quote unquote real life stresses yeah. and so and i have to put myself in that, those shoes too once i step on that court whatever's going on in my personal life doesn't matter and 98 percent of the time when the game is over with i don't forget about what's going on that's the crazy part because you put yourself in such an element where you're having so much fun and it's like man i was stressing all day about this bull crap like I really was stressing about that. And that's what I tell the people that I manage now that, that throw the t-shirts and things of that nature. It's like, we as your managers do care about you, but the fans as a whole, they just want to make sure that they're come here and have fun. And it's your job to make sure that they, that they leave with that experience. So whatever you got going on, you got to be big boy, big girl enough to be like, it's game time. So let's go ahead and make something happen. And I recap with them if something is going on, ask them after the game, how's it going? And I don't forget all about it. I love hearing that, that a lot of times you just work through it and you forget all about it. Reminds me of the quote of when you talk to a ship captain, nobody cares how rough the water is, just bring the ship in. It's like, just, just bring the ship in. Just bring now, the ship in. You've got one of the best workout environments on the planet. You're one of the 29 NBA arenas, and you've seen a lot of great basketball, especially this year i mean we go on so which are the memories that first stand out when it comes to just the ones that you always the, the indelible marks that have been left on your soul that you're always gonna remember it's it's a lot it's not gonna be one yeah like, i've seen the vince carter making the half court shot in the memphis sounds uh jersey i've seen that i've seen um 
Courtney Lee make a um, pass to Jeff Greenwood, 0.2.1 seconds left on the clock. They hit a buzzer beater. I've seen that. Um, who else? Zach Randolph and Marcus Saul and Mike Conley serving up these guys in the playoffs, the San Antonio Spurs in the playoffs and winning that first playoff series. That's been something. And so, and then now seeing the growth of John Morant and his just basketball explosiveness and high IQ of basketball and his great leadership within basketball and also within the city of Memphis, like it's, it's crazy. It's a blessing too, because he got it and understood fast that the city has embraced him. He has, he's embraced the city and he's let the other players around him know, like, this is home because back in the day, just me, just me watching players used to come here and be like, oh man, I'm going to Memphis. Yeah. And so, and as time went by, they start seeing that they can grow their career here. They can, or in their career on a good note because the city is going to embrace you. That's something that I like talking to some of the players that came through here and I see them out and about or whatnot, or once they get ready to leave out or retire, it's like, I didn't expect this from Memphis and they impacted my life, my family life, my kids life, because I tell them, I say, you're not going to be seen as a celebrity because when you're a celebrity, people want something from you. And here they're going to ask you, are you okay? And I think that's the difference because when they go out, People are like, oh, that's such and such, such and such. Let's walk up to them and say, are you good? Everything good? Your family good? Your wife good? Your kids good? We know your mom sits in section such and such and such. Do you, does she need anything for the game? So it, we create that family and friendship bond with, with those players, and that word got around fast. You know, a lot of times when you travel, the first thing people always say is, oh, you know, you go to whatever city, they're always so nice. And it seems like it's a cliche comment. Well, my time in Memphis, man, I had more people ask me, how you doing, man? You good? Yep. In, in that 48 hours, than I had the entire rest of the year. And it wasn't, it wasn't just an interchange when you're buying something of, hey, how can I help you type of thing. It was people walking by. I didn't even know they were looking at me. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything's good. Like it was, it, was, it was bizarre, but it was awesome. And another yeah. reason why, why I love the time. So I think you're spot on with that. You've also had a lot of great interactions, I know, with the community, with fans. So when you think back of all just the memories you've had and shared with a lot of the, the community members from Memphis, which are the ones that stand out? The one that stands out to me is uh, when I do stuff for Le Bonner Kids Medical Center. Uh, if you're not familiar with Le Bonner, it's a kids center that um, is similar to St. Jude, but they don't really deal with the cancer and things of that nature. And so it's basically heart, um, brain, or any type of crazy illness. They um, make sure kids get well. And, I'm, and I was one of the Le Bonner kids as a child. And so I had open heart surgery and I always tried to figure out how can I give back? How can I give back? How can I give back? And then once I became a familiar face within this organization, I started going to Lebanon. They reached out to me. It was like, hey, B, can you do this? And so I started doing game shows and started doing certain events with them and whatnot and going to visit the kids and letting their parents know I was one of these kids. So just be patient and let the kids know that they're going to be loved because that's something that my parents showed me, even though if, if in the dark they was upset or didn't know what was going to happen when they were around me, they showed love, they showed compassion, the doctors, the nurses, 
and all those. I didn't remember the doctor's name, Dr. Bell, Dr. Becker. And so that was back in 1989. And so like that, that, that hits home with me because when I go into those hospitals and when I go to that cardiac floor, I remember those moments of like, man, that was me. And so, and I bring the parents to the side and like, I was in this, I was that child. And so you have to do this, this, and this, so your child can feel confident and comfortable also. And so, and if they feel that way, guess what? They're gonna, their energy level is gonna shift up. Their spiritual level is gonna shift up. They're gonna be able to maneuver fast and next thing you know, you're back at home. So that that's one of the things that that I enjoy doing and that hits home with me because I was able, this platform was able to help me do that because when I walk in, it's like, oh, they go to Hype Man for the Grizzlies. And I don't look at myself as that, but it's a blessing to have that familiar face in that comfort level in that city from, from basically doing basketball games. I got a feeling as well that the first thing when I noticed you, other than you being this awesome guy on the mic, I mean, I noticed the guns and I was going to wonder about the bicep routine, but that's got to be something that is an inspiration for the kids and the families too. Because when we think of sickness, we don't think of someone who can be as ripped as you. I mean, does that play a role too when, when kids see you? It does, because they, they're like, oh, my God, he got all these muscles. <laughs> I, just them, I, bought, yeah. I bought them from the store. I got a receipt for it. <laughs> but then, but I, I, tell them, it's, I tell them it's a journey. Life is a journey. I say you're going to have ups, you're going to have downs, you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days, and you learn from them all. And so in, in your teenage years, you're going to have some crazy days, you're going to have that peer pressure, you're going to have everything that – you think the world is going to be upside down, but you're going to be okay. Be okay. <laughs> you're going to be okay. And that's what, I, that's, that's what I tell them when I go to the uh, hospitals and things of that nature. And also, I was a, um, a Grizz Fit coach for our Grizz Prep School, and it was a, it's an all-boys school. And so and that's what I, I taught them. I was like, guys, it's going to be rough out there. It's going to be tough. And I was a tough coach. Like when we did workouts and things of that nature, they was like, hey, this is supposed to be easy. I said, I'm gonna make it fun, but I'm gonna make it tough also because your math teacher is not gonna make algebra or trig a little bit easier. They're gonna get you through that process and you gotta go through every step. You're gonna have to go through every step in fitness because if you have that type of adversity, guess what? You're gonna have to look to your friends, your coaches and whatnot to help and talk through that. And that's what I taught them because they were, closed in and didn't want to tell their feelings. But if I pushed you so hard, you're like, Coach B, this hurts. Guess what? You're telling me you're feeling now. <laughs> so you're not closed in. But those two things, I think, have helped me progress in the city by giving back and helping the youth and just making sure that the platform that this Grizzlies platform has is utilized in the proper way. That's why I want, I want to utilize in the proper way. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I think you're a great role model for that. You know, today, when I was looking on my pictures, they had the on this day or your shows on your phone, you know, what picture you took on this day. And two years ago today, I, I took a picture of empty shelves at a grocery store. It was kind of the beginning of the pandemic, beginning of quarantine here in the United States. So during the last 24 months, man, I know it's been difficult for everyone. What about you personally? How'd you handle all the emotional ups and downs, everything that came with it, all the uncertainty, all the doubt? Just reflecting off of it, it made me it forced me to sit down and think. And I think that was, that was one of the things that a lot of people wasn't able to do. 
because you're always on the go. You're always trying to look at your calendar to see what you're doing for somebody else or making sure everybody else is good, your job is good or whatever, just whatever it is. But you didn't have a job to go to. No, you didn't have places to go. And so you were basically focusing on yourself. And sometimes you have to step back, reflect and be like, who am I really? Who, who am I? You know, in these years that we've been here and then 2020 and 2021, you reflect back and you really had to figure out who you truly were and then who you were going to be, because it really did set a pace of, of unknowns. And sometimes in, in our lifetime, we've never had an unknown moment and we thought it was going to be just a moment. But this was we're still in it a little bit. And so. And, and I think that was one of the things that that I thought about just reflecting. And I was able to spend a lot, a lot of time with my daughter as she was growing up. Um, so it was that two years ago that put her at 10, 11. And so I was just, I was, I'm always there, but that time, that time was just like so important. Do even the TikTok dances, like, doing those little small things that's in her phone now, she can go back and be like, oh, me and my dad did, did this, me and my dad did that. And, and spending time with my parents and my family because it was so many people that lost family and friends and whatnot that it put life, it put life in important things in perspective. Yeah. I think that's what it did. So it put life in important things in perspective. And once you quote unquote get closer to normal, you still have to live by that because you still may have your mom, your dad and things of that nature. Some people don't. Mm -hmm. And you still have to live like, Hey guys, you are still important to me. You still are here. I still appreciate you. You got to still live in that moment of where it puts you in. So you won't lose it because I think we're so quick to, Oh, we, we back outside. <laughs> and it's like, no, you still got to, put things in perspective because it was a lot of things that happened that we had no control of. Yeah. And that was one of the scary things right there. Like usually you have control of how you maneuver and things like that. You really, you really didn't. Yeah. And so it was scary, but like I said, it was the point of understanding what perspective was with my family, with my friends, with myself and, and just understanding that and making sure that I appreciated everything. So what, what about you? Not to waste any energy, any, and any negative any energy, energy, anything that was negative energy, whether it be complaining, whether it be talking about somebody or anything like that. Like if they don't make me happy, doesn't give me positive vibes, I'm out. And it you gotta just, be out. That was it. That was a oh. big change. And so anything that was just, I look at just people complaining about whatever, politics, whatever. It's like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm done with that. I'm, done. I'm just going to be happy. Yeah, because though, like, it was like, wow, we, we really arguing and people are on the streets. Yeah. We really arguing over petty stuff. Or something that is going to be what it's going to be. But you got to be able to understand that you can help somebody else and things of that nature and not just argue. So, yeah, I, I think we was in the same boat. Yeah. You know, something that didn't benefit my lifestyle or make me smile. The second part of that would be don't wait for anything. Do it now. I was so surprised at how much I love Memphis. So for someone visiting, I'm telling you, man, it was, I had such a great time. So for someone visiting Memphis for the first time, what would be your recommendations and take all the time you need. All right. Recommendations. 
entertainment, you got putt putt golf and games. Um, I think a lot more places have your Dave and Buster's and things of that nature. You got that. You need to go ahead and go to Graceland, take that trip, go to um, the Civil Rights Museum, take that tour, knock that out. Um, just take a trip around 40 and 240, the expressways, just hit that loop and just, it's a, Memphis may seem big, but once you hit that full circle, you like, really? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so those things, um, go to Tunica, get you a good twenty dollars, play the uh play the five cent machine, win a few dollars. Um, go to Tunica, food places. Um, you got rendezvous. Um my mind just went blank. You got rendezvous. I like uh Cozy Corner. Love Cozy Corner. Um you need to go to Bass Pro if you haven't went to Bass Pro. The one that's inside the pyramid now. Okay. So inside the Memphis Pyramid, it's like Bass Pro on extra, 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 (laughs) extra. Yeah, yeah. Steroids and pre workout. (laughs) Level up, yeah. Yeah, so go there. Um, They have like a top floor where you can go to and view the um, and view the river and the view and things of that nature. You have the Hyatt uh, Hotel that's just built downtown. like I said, Cozy Corner, great barbecue. Um, you come to Memphis, you're gonna gain, you stay about two, two, three weeks, you're gonna you're gonna gain a few pounds. You better go to the gym and clang and bang. I mean, I was introduced to, you know, I had my catfish, I had that, I had all that, I had all the traditional stuff, but I got introduced to the King Cristo sandwich. That was that. Oh man. I'm from Memphis. Breakfast sandwich made from French toast. Bread, ham, Swiss cheese, Dijon mustard, and raspberry jam. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Come on now. I'm going to go there after my show. Come on now. So after my fitness <laughs> show, I'm eating everything for three weeks. <laughs> When's that? Uh, April 16th. Oh, okay. So, okay. So yeah, I got, what, six weeks left, and then, then it's time to eat a little bit and then get right, right back focused. Man, you're making me so hungry. It was so damn good. <laughs> Tell us, man. When I come back, when I come back, that's priority number one. And I'm sorry, Grizzlies are priority number two. King Crystal's number one. I got to just say. Let me know when you're back. We're going to Cozy Corner. Let's all right. Cozy Corner and then Rendezvous. We're going we're gonna to go on a, uh, a barbecue a barbecue rage real fast. Well, geez, I mean, Beale Street was so cool. I was so impressed with Beale Street. It reminded me a lot of Bourbon Street. It's just as cool. Live music everywhere. Awesome food choices. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I tell you, I had such a great time. I always ask anybody from the South, what's your 2 a.m. Waffle House order? My 2 a.m. Waffle House order, let me get, I need eight pancakes, uh, a Philly chicken, a side salad, Caesar um, with Caesar dressing. And then what am I washing it down with? Let me get a water with three lemons. Brilliant. Right. Everybody in, in the South, whether it be Tennessee, Georgia, they all know right away what, what that order is. I always make it up. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's their recovery. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's why I specify it being a, a, the 2 a.m. order. The 2 a.m. Well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won't ask you to pick a favorite, but when the playoffs start, what Grizzly uniform should they wear to start the playoffs? Because I'm telling you, there might not be a better uniform combination. The teal green, is, it might be my favorite, but the light blue, it's just as fire. I like the um, I like the teal color. 
Yeah. Man, the teal color is hidden. That's that Vancouver uh, grizzly yeah. right there. Um, but what's going to be in our color wave, I like the dark blue. Um, the dark blue is nice. Remix, the remix uh, with Memphis across the chest. And then uh, and then the all white one. Have we worn? I don't remember. Us, we have worn the, uh, the light blue one a little bit this season. I think we wore more of the, uh, the darker remix one with Memphis across the chest. And so I hopefully we rock that one and, and yeah. tear that one up, man, and just kick butt in the first round, second round. Oh my God. The, yeah. Oh, the Western Conference Finals being blown. It makes something shake in the NBA Finals. That's, that's my goal. That's my goal to. Somebody wrote on Twitter a couple weeks ago that, like, if someone texted you and said, Oh my God, did you see Jaws play? I've never seen anything like it. It's the best play I've seen in 10 years. The proper response to that is, Which one? <laughs> did you see the. Um, the game was last week when he had like the the whole sports center was jaw highlights. All the highlights before halftime. <laughs> I know they were talking about the dunk being out of this world, but I've never seen anybody catch that pass like he did, throw it up before the half. That just never been done. No one even tries it. It's crazy. <laughs> Steven Adams had the good aim. <laughs> Steven oh, Adams man. out there playing quarterback. You got a fitness show coming up. What's your motivation for that? Because discipline required to train for that is incredible. Fitness has always been fun for me. Like, it was always fun. And then you get to a point of, like, what else can I do? Yeah. Like, what's the next level? That's just part of life. When you reach a, a peak, it's like, this, this is not it. So, like, so then I found a trainer. And my trainer was a professional – is a professional bodybuilder. And he was like, I always was wondering when you was going to ask. And so, and after that, we started training and whatnot. It started, my first show was, my first show was last year in uh, 2021. So that was my first show. I placed third in my division. And so that was pretty good for me. And then I did another one. I placed second. And so hopefully this year I can go ahead and do what I need to do uh, to go home with the, with the grand prize. Um, but I just do it for myself. It's peace of mind. It's fun. Eating, sometimes eating the same thing does become like boring. But at the end, it's a challenge because I know I have a goal at the end. And so, and I'm fine with that. So, and I also look for the reward. And the reward is when it's time to go to the beach, when I'm at the gym and I take that shirt off, no second game thoughts. Over. Game, <laughs> over. game over, yeah. It's game over. And so, and plus I'm, I'm satisfied with my health. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm healthy. Yeah. Um, I teach my daughter those ways. Like, I tell her you don't have to eat strict like me because I'm competing, but you're also watching me eat and do the, do the correct things to keep my body in motion. And also people around the office and the organization and in the city ask me questions. So I'm like, I must be doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> so... So it, it's, like I said, it's fun. And like I said, it, it was one of the things during the pandemic that like I still like to work out and I got serious about it. It was one of those type of look in the mirror type deals. Are you going to keep going out, kicking it and eating crazy and doing crazy stuff? What's, what, who are you going to be? And I was like, let me go ahead and focus. So I started buying more workout home equipment, those things. And then once the gym opened back up, I was there consistently like I was before, but every day with a plan. Yeah. And so, but yeah, that's, that's, that's what got me into it. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. It's fun. I like that, that sentence, who you want to be, who you going to be. I think that's, yep. I think that's a brilliant mindset.
has Steven Adams ever asked you for your workout routine? Man, Steven Adams looked at me and I looked at Steven Adams. I said, I need your workout plan. Because <laughs> you guys clang and bang together with that. Man, Steven Adams, man, is funny. Especially, you remember when uh, the guy was getting into it with Jock? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He just politely picked him up, yeah. walked him over, whispered in his ear, and put him down. <laughs> Another seven-footer. Like, because I'm going to tell you this, and I was like, this is crazy. Because we were just sitting there, and I said, did Steven Adams really just pick up this grown man and politely whisper in his ear, walk him over, and then sit him back down? Yeah, yeah. And then they played it again. I said, he did. I tell you, if there's anybody in the NBA I'd rather have a beverage with, he's the number one on the list. That's it. That, That's I'll it. Take him down I to Bill's Creek and some catfish. Some for days. <laughs> <laughs> How can people stay up to date with your life and career? How can they follow your journey? And then do you have anything else coming up that we should be aware of other than the playoffs? Uh, other than the playoffs, I think that's really it. Um, we have other events coming up. Um, we have Memphis in May coming up, uh, Music Fest coming up, things of that nature coming up within the city. Um, as we get warmer, more events will be coming up in the city of Memphis. And so you'll see me out in the city doing more promotions, more advertising and things like that. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Super Duper Dreads. S-U-P-P-A-D-U-P-P-A-D-R-E-A-D-S, and then no S on Twitter. And then Brandon Johnson on Facebook. Like I said, this is, I tell you, this is my 16th year with the organization. Okay. And so, and it's it's been a blast. It feels like 2005 was yesterday. Oh, man. And then it's, it's just funny now on how the younger crew is coming in and they look at me and they call me um or OG. Hey, and I'm like, that's a compliment though. You know, yeah, it's a compliment, but I'm like, dang, <laughs> I am the old person now. <laughs> I mean, but uncle I Snoop also, was the most popular guy at the Super Bowl, So, you know, it's a yeah. <laughs> but I always say, you ready for it? Let's hear it. You ready for it? Uh, yo, it's the best hype man in the NBA, BLJ. Man, I am so happy Mr. Green brought me on, baby. We about to clang and bang and make some shake. So you better tune in. If you don't, you're missing out. If you love Grizz, if you love yourself, on the count of three, you know what to do. One, two, three, go Grizz. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man, that is going to be a fantastic episode. <laughs> I appreciate you, though. Oh, man. I won't take up any more of your time, but this is easily one of my favorite conversations of the year, hands down, man. So. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Just let me know when, uh, when it drops so I can go ahead and share it and let everybody listen to it and things like that. So thank you again. I know we'll talk again. I know we'll talk again, but thank you for today so much. This was awesome. All right, no problem. Appreciate you. All right, man. I right, have a good one. See you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to my man, Brandon. Give him a follow. On Instagram, Super Duper Dreads. Again, look out for him and the Grizzlies as they start that playoff push here in a couple weeks. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. <laughs>